When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah yes, the magnificent Trolley Sourbright Crawler, also known as Trollicus Brightolus. The worm's captivating neon colour makes it an easy gummy prey. Trolley! It's a surprisingly sour, invitingly chewy, staggeringly snackable species unlike anything else found on this planet. Eat me! Delicious. Visit trolley.com to shop now. Trolley, eat me! Welcome to this Christmas episode of the Good Food Podcast. I'm Tom Kerridge, and in this special Christmas series, we'll be chatting about all things Christmas, from handmade gifts, ideas for your leftovers, and everything in between. This episode, Orlando Murrin, Malika Basu, and I will be discussing alternative Christmases, festive breakfasts, and how our traditions differ. Kate sat at the table. Orlando, Malika, myself, and some Christmas crinkle cookies. Alternative to mince pies. Go on, have one, guys. Tell me what you think. They do look rather lovely. They're also fragrant. They, they smell like oh. chocolate orange. Do they? they do smell like chocolate orange, don't they? There's some delicious oh. orangey flavour coming through there. They're dark, oh, they're rich, they're mm. Mm. soft in the centre. They've got this so, fudgy way about them, mm, haven't they? A bit of ginger. It's a bit of ginger there. Mm. So as an alternative... To Christmas mince pies, they're good. They're really good. Can't you have both? Well, that's it. We're going to talk about well alternatives and what is an alternative Christmas. And by alternative Christmas, I don't just mean swapping turkey for venison or how you celebrate it or what you do. What what? How does it fit? Because you've got that tradition of like a turkey served in the middle of the table, eight people, family all sat there, and then you sit down and watch the King's speech and have a snooze whilst E.T. is on in the late afternoon. But actually, what do people do different at Christmas? What else goes on? Do you do do anything different to the norm, Orlando? Well, I have family who live near London. I live a long way from London. And we don't actually get together at Christmas. We get together other times of year. So I don't have that family Christmas. And although I did have lovely family Christmases when I was a kid. I actually really enjoy a quieter time um, at home. So there are just two or three or four of us. I live down in the West Country and um, I don't do much entertaining. I'm, I'm, I live rather quietly, believe it or not. I may be a noisy person, but, I, but, but I live quietly. And um, so... For us, we don't have an enormous meal, but we have a special meal with very good wine. Um, and we have a couple of friends in, one one or two friends, and our cats enjoy themselves. And then we watch our favourite movie in the afternoon, which is It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, which um, I love it. And it's a very long film, so it's about three hours, so plenty of time to fall asleep and wake up again. And you've seen it how many times? <laughs> 
<laughs> about hmm, six or seven. No, so it doesn't think. really matter if you no. fall asleep because you wake up, you know what's happened. Oh, you know the bit the you missed. There's no stress. Jo- the jokes are still just as funny as they were the first time. <laughs> uh, sorry. So, I mean, you're probably glazing over at the thought of that, but I'm very happy with that. It's a lovely day for me. And that sounds very dreamy, and, to be honest. It's a massive alternative to mine. Mine is like normally chaotic, <laughs> full of loads of people, lots of noise, lots of excitement, lots of like extreme chaos in the house of, you know, cars being bounced off walls and toys being run around and barking, video, dogs. barking dogs and video games being played and cooking sounds and people going, I'm hungry. When's lunch? Oh, what's that? How can I help? Like all sorts of bits and bobs going on. Clinking of glasses, you know, some people starting to drink maybe a little too early. Malika, what's going on in your world? Well, it's funny you ask about an alternative (laughs) Christmas because I feel like I've had an alternative Christmas for the best part of five years now. So I got divorced five years ago and I think, you know, for a lot of families, the units are much smaller and it's getting increasingly harder for families to come together from different parts of the world or different parts of the nation even. Um, And COVID really brought that to the fore, of course. Um, And so, you know, in these last five years, um, I've been alone one Christmas because I had COVID, so I had to um, sit at home on my own. Tell me a little bit. Did a little bit of you quite enjoy that? Because I, I remember, because <laughs> I remember COVID <laughs> Christmas. I remember it. it was just me and Beth and little man, and we had to do like Zoom calls and we had to do whatever else to everybody. But there was a bit of me that actually really quite liked it. Well, I didn't like it because I was all by myself. Um, My kids went to their daddies, so they wouldn't get sick. Um, And the neighbours delivered a Christmas meal to my doorstep. Um, And then I've been up to friends. I've had friends who've had me in around that table, and it was just them, the two of them, and me. And uh, this year, funnily enough, I'm going and having lunch in central London with my sister and her husband and my little niece. Oh, you're going out? out, I'm going to go out out on Christmas Day. To a restaurant? To a restaurant and not even cook. So in many ways, I think every year recently, like last year, I did do the traditional big meal and I cooked. We had friends around the table, all the wave strays that were going to be on their own as well. But this is going to be something completely different. I think that's the best thing about Christmas, isn't it? You can sort of make it up on the go. I love that you do something different every year because that's really fun. Well, not by choice. I won't lie, but (laughs) but it does tend to happen. Yes. While we're talking about eating out, um, Tom, we've had a question from our audience, Barb Little has written in, she'd like to know what type of food do you eat when you dine out? Oh my God. I'm, I mean, I'm so lucky. I've got so many friends that are chefs and restaurateurs that, you know, you head out the same as anybody. I, like I'll go and visit them and I'll go and eat in places. I'm quite, you know, when you're in the world of food and, and media and, and restaurants and, you know, you, you want to eat at the, the new places that are open, the things that people are talking about. Um, you get invited to openings, you get to go and see different things. But like everybody else, I've got to be honest, my my nights out are pretty much the same as anyone else who's got like a normal life that if you're lucky, I might get out once a month with a couple of friends or something and go for a, a curry, you know, in their local curry house, which is just great. Because for me, hospitality and eating out and socialising is about the company that you keep, the places that you go, the people that you hang out with, not always just about the food. 
However, you know, there are some great restaurants. I mean, the la- the latest place, Godfather to to our son is a wonderful chef called Claude Bozzi. And I went to his latest opening, which is called Brooklyn's, which is in uh, the brand new Peninsula Hotel. And it's a magical restaurant, an amazing space with a bar with beautiful looks all over London. And so I'm very, very lucky that in my world, that's where I get to go. And, you know, that, 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 that was a wonderful evening out. And then we've had another question in from Jessica Hawke, who asks, what's your favourite meal to cook at home for your family? Oh, oh yeah. It's a that, lovely question. It is, yeah. And I do like, I do enjoy cooking. Um, we're a big fan. So normally we kind of organise what we're going to do on a Saturday for our Sunday lunch. Sunday lunch is normally the big thing because in the morning my little man plays rugby. He loves his rugby. So we'll, we'll go and I'm kind of, I help do, I'm, I'm one of the coaches. I help out a little bit. I, I mean, he sees it as dad's a coach, but dad's more like a classroom assistant that just hangs out <laughs> with a pair of rugby boots on. I'm not like, but it's cool. And you get out there, but we kind of organise on a Saturday night or or first thing, we're going to put something in the oven Sunday morning, bright and early, at eight o'clock before we leave, so that if we come back, you stay at the rugby club afterwards, he hangs out with all his friends, that social point, that that's where I love those kind of Sunday mornings, but then we come back to home, and there's that lovely smell in the house of something cooking. Now, I like it, whether it's like a, a slow-cooked shoulder of lamb or braised beef, like or even something cooked at like a brisket on a barbecue that's outside that would do and just leave it on there cooking for ages and ages and ages so slow cook bits of meat that you can stick in the oven and disappear for hours on end and come back and they're not ruined in fact they've improved the longer they're in the oven the longer they're cooking the better the flavor mm. can you slow cook a turkey yeah yeah, you can How, absolutely soak it, a turkey. What, you'd put it in the oven at a, a low temperature, covered with Real something. low temperature. You could cook it at about 100, 110 degrees centigrade and cook it for 12 hours on a wow. real gentle heat. Then take it out and turn it up really high and then put it in and crisp up as much as you can at the end. Yeah, you can, you can pretty much slow cook anything, but you've got to understand the time and the temperature chart, so to speak. The lower the temperature, the longer it needs. So for those point of view, yeah, you could slow cook a turkey. And could you slow cook it on a barbecue? How would that work? Yeah, there's, they're a little harder to control barbecues. You've got to keep an eye on the airflow and you've got to do it. But I do, I love cooking a turkey on the barbecue. I think it's amazing. It's beautiful flavour. But you, you, you use it like, like an oven. You get it set to, I'd set it to about 180 degrees uh, uh, like you would like a normal oven. And if the coals are good, they'll sit at that temperature for six, eight, hours 10 hours so when you roast a turkey i don't know like you would any other oven about two and a half hours make sure you rest it and it's got that wonderful charcoal kind of flavor that goes through it but oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That love it. Sounds incredible. Yeah. yeah i love it so though that's what i like to cook at home mm, what about you what are the flavors what do you do you like cooking things putting things in the oven that when you get home then you can still get those smells that come through i don't normally know it's not very efficient and it's not very energy efficient to leave the and running for long periods of time and it's something I've stopped doing since last year if I'm honest with you so I'll tend to use a pressure cooker a lot ah, um, yeah. and it feels quite natural to me because I grew up in India and in India everyone uses pressure cookers so mine are like relics of the past literally they're still you know they're sort of hobbed up um, oh they're the type that hiss exactly hiss, like, they're the they, type um, that hiss, hiss at you. yes and, um, and I tend to do quite a lot of bulk and batch cooking 
because I don't have a lot of time to cook like every single day. Um, but, you know, I love it. I love cooking and my kids come in and they'll say, they'll say it smells like home. And I think that's so sweet for them to be able to smell fragrances and spices. And, and it's not always Indian either, to be honest, because we love flavor and I love food of very many different cultures. So I'll often do a mashup of different spices and different chili pastes. And uh, as long as it has flavor, that's good for me. I, you all, I must get I must get a slow cooker. The thing is that I've got a rule in my kitchen. I've got a small kitchen that if I buy something, I have to rehome something to make room for it, which is why I haven't got a slow cooker. Because I really should, because I love slow cooking, but I'm still doing it in the oven. And I've also got a smart meter in the hall, which goes red all the time. Whenever I put the, rub, the oven on, it goes red, which really makes me feel bad because it's just gobbling up the electricity. But I love the smell of, um, you know, a seven-hour lamb or something like that cooking away or a shoulder of pork. It's gorgeous, isn't it? I love those big, long flavours and slow cooking mm. and doing that at Christmas is amazing. <laughs> We were talking earlier about the, the, the big flavours and the punchy, looking forward to Christmas and, and, and that Christmas table in front of you. But what, what do you do for breakfast? What do you do at breakfast at Christmas? Is there a, is there a tradition that you have in your house or, or is it something that are you just getting through having something light just to get you through to the big lunch? Or are you going, let's have a big breakfast as well? Well, I love French toast and I like it made really properly but i have this problem which if i have french toast my it, it for some reason it sends my sugar levels crazy and i'm like a shaky and peculiar two hours later there's no there's not for some reason it's because it's got loads of sugar in it like like it, it, it's, a, it's a sweetened brioche dipped in a custard and fried i mean like and then dusted with icing sugar, yeah, sugar. <laughs> and maple syrup just oh yeah, oh, yeah. Maple syrup. that'll, that'll so, be why that, <laughs> there you go so I then need to have something else later in the morning, but but French toast. I was recently lent by a friend a waffle-making machine, which was such fun. I loved it. But um, I hope she isn't listening, because I put too much of the battery in, and it all overflowed and went right round and inside. It took me about an hour to scrape off all this burnt batter, so I hope she isn't listening. Debbie, if you're listening, forgive me. It, it didn't happen. But I did return it. When, in fact, when I gave it back to her, she said, oh, my goodness, I've never seen it look so clean. <laughs> She didn't know what it happened. She didn't know that inside it's all coated with batter where I couldn't get it out. So that works as an alternative. A turn to, to French toast. To French toast. Um, and, and was it a worthy alternative? Have you gone and bought yourself a waffle maker? Um, no, because no, because of the machine problem. Because I'd have to I'd have to work out what, what I what I'd throw away to make room for it. It's a, it's a very good discipline. This of having to having to rehome something. If you if I just haven't got space to put it, and I don't have things out on the. I haven't much got much you don't really want to hear about my worktops but I haven't got much room so I can't have a, a great big gigantic air fryer sitting there I'd love that yeah yeah, yeah. I you need got, somewhere to house it yeah, yeah I have got a sous vide wand but of course that doesn't take up much space a sous vide wand a sous vide wand how often does that come <laughs> I, use all, I use that all the time well you use sous vides in the in your restaurant constantly so yeah. it's just the it's just the plungy bit which you put into a saucepan of water and it warms the water to the agreed degree and ah, propels like a it circulator. Round. Ah. It, so it's a circulator and i use that for i do i use that quite a lot and that's actually quite economical because it's just holding the thing at, at, at a good at a good temperature so a good christmas present for you would be a shed 
to, to house <laughs> loads of bits and bobs of kitty. I think that would be very expensive present to give me. Expensive on my part because it would soon be full of. Ga- yeah. It need, needs to be a shelved shed so they can all be lined up. What about meat free dishes? We were talking, and I love the slow cooked lamb, and we were talking about, you know, doing braised beef and stews and things and whatever but what about meat free do you do meat free dishes like meat free mondays and what about a meat free christmas day do you think you could do that I think you have to, actually. I think it's often the case that you will have uh, a couple of vegetarians and vegans around the table. And so having that as an option becomes quite important, especially if you're going to do potatoes in goose fat or, you know, then suddenly you start taking things away from, you know, what they can actually put on their plate. So I tend to do a vegetarian slash vegan main because that covers a lot of bases. And then people can pick and choose from the sides. Um, and obviously a whole roasted cauliflower always looks very resplendent Um, I have done aubergine in the past but I won't be repeating that because it's not very seasonal in midwinter not great Um, but you know just like a like a lentil or a mushroom loaf like a traditional nut roast but done a little bit more creatively that works quite nicely and frankly everyone can eat it there's this brilliant joke, isn't there? Sort of like you've got the vegetarian sat there and everyone's got loads to eat. All the meat lovers are like tucking in and he goes, would anyone like a bite of mine? And before <laughs> he knows it, all his food's gone because like everyone's <laughs> tucked into his vegetarian portion. Um, but yes, I do think it's a must going forward. And uh, I would not have a Christmas meal without something vegetarian in there if I was entertaining. In a sense, Christmas stuffing is, it can be vegetarian accidentally, can't it? So there's a there's a good not like you forgot to put the sausage meat in. Yeah, I mean that's accidental. It doesn't have to have sausage meat in it. Well, you then know what that. What sort of stuffing is that? Though? Oh, it can have the breadcrumbs and the Ooh. herbs and the onions, um, and the lovely flavors mm. and, and the spices. egg. Egg holds it egg together. No, seriously, stuffing doesn't have to have meat in it. You can have um, uh, butternut squash in it. You can have mushrooms in it. And do you think cornbread? You, you, you talk there, Malika, uh, Malika about. Um, a whole roasted cauliflower and I love the idea I've of, seen you do a video of that Tom where you wrap it you scatch it with turmeric mm. yeah and you I wrap that cauliflower, too. cauliflower with Fabulous. those kind of Indian spices yes, yes. I do exactly that and, and do you I think don't... it works well with things like celeriac as well things mm. that are hot, big rooty vegetables that, do you think it works well I think it absolutely does I've also done like whole roasted aubergines and they look very beautiful when they're laid out nicely and you could do all sorts of clever things Things with like tahini yogurt and you know just would you put them in a big pot um, with a lid on them and and bake them in with a bit of liquid or so how do, how what I work? do I don't pre-boil the cauliflower actually I just cut the base off so it sits nicely yeah. I stab the back and if you stab it really nicely and have enough water in you're it you're making dangerous stabbing I motions dangerous. did you get the same I'm feeling really there? I was like oh. is that a little scary oh there oh was that, do not mess with Malika I was like oh no she's done that before yeah. Yes, do not wield a knife dangerously. <laughs> but now you know we're good. We're going to get onto a Christmas quiz at some point. So don't mess with me. Yes, we we don't want any love a Christmas quiz. I don't, I don't love a quiz. I, my general knowledge is 
dire. <laughs> well, my knowledge of Christmas is pretty poor apart from my own. But I mean, I'm quite happy to go for quizzes. You know, I won Celebrity Mastermind. Just want to point that out. No, you didn't. Yeah. Did you? I missed that. Well, that's fantastic. Gosh, well, I'm go. glad I'm not participating in this <laughs> Come Christmas Come on, game. then. I'll, I set quiz. myself up for a massive fall here. Like <laughs> no. it's all, my specialised subject was Oasis, just so you know. If there's any Christmas Oasis songs... I might get that one right. I think we've we've we're a pass on that. Yes, there won't okay. be any. Okay, Orlando, you based. might be in with a shot. I'll take my glasses <laughs> off so I can't see the answers. So I think you got quite competitive no. last year. I've just been told that you got six points last year, Orlando, and Tom, you came in at four points. So the pressure's on. Question number one. <laughs> Why are you reminding me that? Right? You know I hate losing. Oh, all right, it's now made me angry again. It's taken me almost a year. Channel to get over the rage. This. Channel yeah, the yeah, rage. Yeah, got it, got it, got I it. hate winning. So. So I think I'm, I'm like Tom to win. Can, I, can I just worse. hand in the, the platter, the, the tournament platter now? What is traditionally made on Stir Up Sunday? Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Have a go. Yes, actually, what is? It, what was the question again? What is traditionally made on Stir Up Sunday? Okay, right. Hmm. Good. Question number two. Which popular Christmas sweet is made from pulled and twisted sugar, often flavoured with peppermint? Have we got this? I got it. Okay, next, moving on. What did the Victorians fill their mince pies with? Question four. Orlando, you're very quiet. I'm trying to encourage, I'm willing Tom to win this. <laughs> yeah. Because it, I owe it to him. I'm so loving I'm, the, I'm sending him any answer that I can get. I'm loving the sportsmanship and camaraderie, all the good stuff. Question four. Three of Santa's reindeer's names begin with D. What are those names? This is loosely food themed. One could be mistaken for a type of kebab. Na, 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 na. <laughs> Starts with it. You've got this. Did you get it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. That's a no then. Uh, question five. What was Frosty the Snowman's nose made from? Six is which fruit do you traditionally find in a stocking? Then question seven is, in which direction would you stir mincemeat in for luck? Hey, say that again. Which direction would you stir mincemeat in? Stir mincemeat. Stir mincemeat for luck. Well, it's got to go. It's got to go in one direction or the other, hasn't yes. it, Tom? So you you have you take one direction, I'll take no the other, and then, and then at least oh, it's well, at least 50, we, 50, what is this? But I mean, I'm not. It, at least it means that Malika's been beaten by one of us. Angry Malika is going to come out again. <laughs> <laughs> um, right in the classic song, what is roasting on an open fire? Come on, yeah. you've got to get oh. this. I mean, this is yeah. <sighs> right. Then question nine is eating fried chicken is a Christmas tradition in which country? Eating fried chicken. Yes. Like a nation that eats fried chicken Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for Christmas. Mm -hmm. I want to go there. That sounds like... (laughs) I've got to be honest, that sounds like the alternative Christmas of joy. (laughs) Who came up with these tricky questions? It wasn't me. Question ten. In which century did turkey become more commonly eaten at Christmas? 
You just blagging this one. Oh, I blagged them all, mate. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing oh. my GCSEs again. <laughs> right. Shall we do the answers? Is everyone ready? Yes. Yes. Let's okay, get this over and done with. No cheating. <laughs> I'm keeping my eyes on the two of you. Uh, question one, what's traditionally made on Syrup Sunday is Christmas pudding. Oh, oh. mate. Stop. Who got this? Did anyone get this? Well, uh, Christmas pudding, cake and mincemeat. Is that true? Well, you stir them all. Fine, I think we're going to give him this point. What do we think? If you listen to the archers, they're making cakes and mincemeat and puddings. They're making ju- not just puddings, I think. Okay, well, we'll go- we're going to give you this, Orlando. That's a Tom, strong you, start give- right well, there. Well, I went with the fruit cake, the Christmas fruit cake, because I thought that see. gets made well in advance because then it gets fed with booze, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, so yeah. I thought it that, does. Like, May I suggest one point to Tom and okay. three to me? Yes, I think <laughs> we're going to give you that only because, only because I am in fine festive spirit. Okay, I get a point. Orlando gets three. Very yeah, good. Yeah, that's fine. I'll have, I'll have uh, one. One there. point each, please. No, no, no three, cheating. Three things. Because Orlando. I made three things. Orlando, you can't provide three options for an answer. It wasn't an option. You make all the... Okay. Right, fine. One point. And no arguing with me. Um, second one popular Christmas sweet is a candy cane. Oh, I went with a humbug. Don't oh, tell me one. you got that. I, I got can that see yeah, it. Yes, yeah, he's yeah, not cheating. Tom, yeah, Tom, Tom I'm keeping yeah. an eye on him. Yeah. Um, what did the Victorians fill their mince pies with? Meat. Yes, yeah. mince beef, actually. Meat, very good. <laughs> Gosh, you guys are yeah. smashing this Christmas quiz. Well, no, he's yeah. got what? He's got all of them right. I'm, I've, I've missed one. Did anyone <laughs> manage to name Santa's reindeers? Well, I got two. Okay, let's hear it. Well, Donna, because you said it yes. was and dancer. Yes. Yeah. I didn't and know. well, the third one, if we got time for the full story, is Dave. <laughs> this is totally made up, oh, by the way. Right. So and now I'm going to tell you, I have been to Lapland and I've met Santa. So I took a very fortunate, good chef friend of mine, Paul Ainsworth, with best mates. Our kids are the same age. A few years ago, we took our kids to Lapland to meet actual Santa, right? Wow. We got picked up by elves. We got taken. We were in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere. Then we went to meet actual Santa, right? Got there. On the way there, AC, my son, and um, Cece, Paul's daughter, were talking about the reindeers they were asking which one and I couldn't remember the names of them and they went for it and it was Donner and it was Dancer and I thought it was Dave so I said Dave and and he was like alright brilliant so then when we got finally there to meet Santa he got there actual Santa like the kids were blown away it was unbelievable sat there AC then sat asked how Dave the reindeer was so you could see Santa like looking at me like Dave I was like Shaking my head, going, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> go with it, go with it here. And he was like, yeah, Dave, Dave the reindeer is amazing. He's doing very well. He's very oh. well. So Dave is officially the third reindeer beginning with D. Good I Santa. Will, I will concede that. That is a very compelling story. And so we're going to grant you a point. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, how about that? Again, festive What's, What is the real name, though? Uh, it might be Dasher, Dancer and Donna. Oh, Dasher. But, Dasher. Uh, yes. Yeah. But I like how you, you blagged your way into yeah. a point there. This is good. Um, right. What was Frosty the Snowman's nose made from? Oh, I thought a carrot. What the f- yes. Oh, I went what carrot else as well. would you put on a snowman's nose? You could put parsnip. Nose? This is true. 
Um, According to you two, it's the only use for parsnips, isn't it? This is the only use for parsnips. Sorry, yes. Not keen. Uh, Fruit that you traditionally find in a stocking is... Tangerine? Oh, well, I went satsuma, tangerine or orange. Yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? An orange citrus fruit. An orange citrus fruit. Yes, a pointage. This is good. Uh, Which direction do you stir mincemeat in for luck is... (laughs) Who went went for clockwise? Who went for anti? I went clockwise. Clockwise. Oh, you both got it right. Yeah. Tom, we're good, aren't we? We are, mate. I thought you were going for different answers. That didn't quite work out. We went to, but we weren't sufficiently (laughs) coordinated. (laughs) And didn't cheat enough. We couldn't get it together. I don't know what the story is behind that I'd love to know more about that do you don't know why they do that do you do you no no but no, they say that mayonnaise should be stirred oh, clockwise wow. as well um what's roasting on an open fire this was a dead giveaway I mean, chestnut come on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, got that. easy next one not so straightforward fried chicken is a Christmas tradition in which country China I went with Korea okay so it's actually Japan oh. yeah Oh. And in which century did turkey become more commonly eaten at Christmas? I went with 18th. Mm-hmm. I went 20th. It is 20th, in fact. No way. So it's been around a I've lot lost longer, again. right? Because um, wasn't it the 1600s when it, they started bringing them in via South America? So Christmas, like turkeys came from overseas, like from yeah. Latin America. I think it was Mexico. And then the Spanish brought it here, but didn't get properly commercially, you know, on our Christmas tables until the 20th century. Yeah, because I, I thought that that was the case because I thought in Victorian times they had, they didn't have a turkey, did they? No, they didn't. Don't think Queen Victoria had big turkeys on her groaning board. No. Um, let's do a little count up of points, please. How are we doing? Oh, I'm quite enjoying this quiz mistress vibe thing. I'm embarrassed. I'm not going to be asked back next year. How did you do, Dom? Dom's not even counting. He's just given up. Well, did well, I get... Gl- you got nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Did I, did I get one point for doing Donna and Dancer? Or... Well, I think you probably did get a point. No, yes. but he had Dave. This is <laughs> Tom <laughs> and Dave. Yeah, I mean, I got, I'm happy to have I Dave. got Dave, but I still only scored seven. Like, oh. And that's by getting given Dave, actually. If you drop Dave out, who's clearly not real. But that was still very, no, very no, no. good. I'm, I take it I've improved on last year, although I would probably argue that the questions might have been easier. But you know. I think they've simplified them for us because they know that we're no good. <laughs> it's Christmas. Everyone's a winner. Everyone's a winner. Well done. We are all winners. Excellent. <laughs> well, that, that's a wonderful alternative to Christmas, that. Dave, the reindeer, and uh, fried chicken from Japan. Thank you. Thank you very there we much, go. Malika. Oh, I did that enjoy was that. so fun. And uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry and listen, Christmas. Uh, make sure you listen to the extra podcast uh, comes out on Thursday, where I will be talking through and a link to a recipe that is whole roasted cauliflower with curry and chickpeas. Bonus episode out Thursday. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Good Food Podcast. In the next episode, we'll be discussing the Christmas leftovers with special guest, Big Zoo. For more festive recipes and inspiration, please visit bbcgoodfood.com.